I'm Leslie Torres. And I'm Bronna Marks. And together we co host West Coast Mix and Bounce. For all things West Coast NBA. That's right, we cover the Lakers, Clippers, Warriors, and yes, the Kings and the Suns. When there's something good to talk about, we have a new and fun episode every two weeks where we break down the craziest headlines in the NBA that pertain to the West Coast teams. We are such a niche podcast that you won't find anywhere else. I mean, two girls with experience in the field talking West Coast basketball. Um, yeah, you want to listen. This is West Coast Mix and Bounce brought to you by LAFB Network. All right, guys, welcome back. This is episode 25. Um, today we have a guest on the show, Reginald Wells from podcast Tough Talk. Reginald, say hi. Tell, tell the people who you are. How you guys doing? My name is Reginald Wells. I'm from Beaumont, Texas. Coming all the way from Dallas. So excited to be here. Glad to be on the show. Thank so we've you. got a little bit of everywhere going on right now. <laughs> New York, Texas, Cali, we're, we're all here representing every inch of the country. <laughs> so uh, today we have a lot going on, but not a lot going on. You know, we're halfway through the NBA season. Uh, All-Star Weekend just happened in Chicago. Leslie was there enjoying every moment of it. Mm-hmm. Super jealous. That was so fun. Um, so we're going to kind of review over that. We're going to talk about trade de- trade deadlines, NBA and WNBA, and kind of see, you know, how that's going to affect the teams uh, through the second half of the season, basically. So we can touch on, I think the one of the biggest announcements was the Hall of Fame finalists. Obviously, the biggest one is Kobe. Um, Leslie, since you were there, how emotional was it? Oh, it was very emotional. It was, um, we all kind of felt it coming, so kind of like braced ourselves for it. But it was also a very, very important list that had a lot of great great basketball players you had um mvp tim duncan you have um kevin garnett also on that list you have 10th time wnba all-star um tamika catchings and so you just hear these names and it's so many important people to the nba and to the wnba so i felt like it was great company for kobe bryant yeah, and Reginald, were, were you able to catch any of the um, the All Star Weekend on TV, or were you there? Well, I was I was able to catch most of it pretty much on TV. And back to what she was saying about uh, the Hall of Fame inductees, I was actually one that was missed out. Like he didn't he didn't get the opportunity to be able to be able for this year, but I'm pretty sure he's gonna get it pretty soon. Chris Bosh, like mm-hmm. just during that time. Yeah, during that time period of my life being an Oklahoma City fan, it's 2010, and LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh just coming together, playing with each other. It was, it was, it was, it was really different for the. He's like established himself as like one of the first, like really, like stretch force to be honest to play two way and right. like stand his behind the three point line. So seeing that at a young age and like as a child, it really helped me appreciate his game more. So I feel like he's gonna get it eventually, but. To everybody else that was on it and able to be inducted this year, congratulations to those people. Definitely, definitely. I think they did a, a really good job making sure that everybody was honored in the right way and reflected upon. And 
Obviously, like we said, it was very emotional because Kobe Bryant won't be here to give a speech, to, you know, hug on Tim Duncan, being here in Texas and San Antonio. Um, the Spurs organization was very, very emotional, of course. Uh, Tim Duncan being a new coach, so he's kind of taking on multiple roles. So it's, it's definitely a lot. Uh, but besides the sad, emotional crying cards of All-Star Weekend, of course, it was lively. So many games, a lot of young players showing off, especially in the Rising Stars uh, game. I will definitely say Zion and Ja, man, if they ever ended up on a team together, <laughs> I would watch every single game, okay? Amazing. Amazing. Oh, hey, too, did y'all see the dunks, like, the little mini dunk contest they had at the end? Oh, I yeah. think that had to be like one of my favorite events through the whole weekend. Most definitely. John Morant has bounced like never before. It is ridiculous. It's pretty much the same thing, just with better players. So Trey Young really impressed me a lot this weekend. Definitely. I can definitely agree on that. Uh, besides that competitive, you know, five-on-five games, you have the three-point contest, the skills, con- the skills challenge, and the dunk contest. All pretty crazy highlights, I would say, from each of those segments. Um, there was a little controversy Lots in the dunk contest. I would say we could definitely touch on that controversy. <laughs> now, I watched both dunks, and I mean, I'm not going to lie, both of them were really, really impressive. Now, um, I think, I believe it was Jones that won by just some tech. Yeah, there you go. There you go. There yeah, so. So Derek Jones won by just a hair off um, over Buddy Heald. And like I said, their final dunks that basically got them their most points, the most controversial areas. I like Jones just a little bit better. <laughs> How come? You got you to elaborate on that one. <laughs> I, really, I really don't understand. I, I, I mean, to be honest. Yeah, and I I I didn't see all um every segment. I just kind of watched the highlights from the from the last dunk. Okay. So he had jumped over he the off the backboard under the legs, jumping over a person. I was like, okay, that's a lot. That's a lot that goes into that dunk. Definitely. It's a lot that can be messed up that he executed. Most definitely. The East Bay was one of my favorites of the contest. But, I mean, his last dunk, it just wasn't it for me. I, I, he, was, he was too far inside of the free throw line to, to get a 9 or a 10. Zach Levine did the exact same dunk last year, and he was actually behind the line. And he actually windmilled from the free throw line. That was the first time I've ever seen that in person. <laughs> right. Yeah. And life, I, so. I believe he got a few inches in in wingspan, though, just maybe a few. <laughs> but I'm with Reginald. Definitely, definitely six five. Definitely. No, I'm with Reginald. I feel like Aaron Gordon should have won. Or it's it's oh, like it's man. not really. I mean, it's like to me, it's like 
I'm not an athletic person. So anything that involves like that kind of athleticism, I feel bad judging because I know I can't do shit, right? <laughs> so what I think should be done is maybe the format ch should change in that maybe you just put up an order. You see all the dunks, you rank them. Because once you see one dunk, yeah, it's impressive. But then you see dunk number two. Is it as impressive as dunk number two? So maybe if you rank them, you get a more true feeling of which one was the best dunk of that round. If that makes I'm, sense. But, I, I understand that as well. But I mean, what what more true of a feeling do you need? You get, you, you got 30 seconds. You got a silent arena. The judges are right there. You're right there. You just got to pull off your dunk. Oh, I just don't think his dunk was... Oh, Jones Jr. Not, not a fifty ball. I mean, I, should, I don't like. I repeat, for me, they were all impressive because I can't do none of that. So even putting a, a ball under your leg in the air is a lot for me. <laughs> I just feel like when they're put side to side, that's when there's get some like toughness of which one is better or not. And so then we get these kind of discre discrepancies where you have Aaron Gordon who scored almost perfect. And he didn't end up winning. So, I don't know. I feel like they're all great. They just need to work maybe on the format. Definitely. I think I, I could agree with the format. Just because it was such a close score. Like, And mm -hmm. I, I was just saying, you know, personally, I, I love the, the dunk by Jones. But Aaron Gordon, obviously, he put up, you know, the necessary numbers, basically. So, I mean, perfect scores. Perfect scores. So, it is hard to be like, how did this just end up the way it did, winning by just a hair? But I think maybe next year the NBA will take into account that they may want to not only have they changed the all-star game format, but maybe they mm -hmm. want to change the dunk contest just a little bit just after this controversy. Because I feel like on most years, it's like it's cut and dry. We, are, we all know who the winner is, you know, but... You, we have different kind of talent now in this generation, and sometimes that leads to well, you got to score different, you got to rank them different because the competition is higher. And but, the biggest thing um, I would say would probably be like the creativity of the dunks. That's another key thing that you have to like put in the question when judging the dunks. If because if they're not creative, then I mean, it's like really like what are you doing? You're kind of like doing the same thing over and over. So the creativity. From both players, it was definitely it was definitely there. I feel like we personally should have ended at a tie. They released a statement saying that they were gonna supposed to tie everything, but somebody got the numbers wrong or the scores wrong or whatever. Oh, but, and I feel like they should have had at least one more extra round. Deserve to see it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That would have been nice. In a perfect world, that would have been nice if they could do that again. But unfortunately, we're going to have to stick with the winner as is um, with apology statements attached. Uh, also, the three-point contest, I thought that was a really, really good contest. Also, because of such a humble move by Damian Lillard, basically saying that Devin Booker should replace him. Now, me and Leslie had talked in our last podcast that it was kind of a flunk for the NBA not to include him in the first place. Um, That's but, he, he's the only player in NBA history, I think, that's ever averaged over 30 points and was not selected for an All-Star game. It was, yeah. it was him and one other guy. That's true. So it's weird how the world works. And I think for Damian Lillard to really come out 
and say it because I don't if he didn't say anything I'm not sure if the NBA would have been so quick to be like oh yeah let's just throw Devin Booker in there you know Mm because they have to go through a whole process as well to get players set up for this kind of weekend but uh Devin Booker he he missed the the winning spot for the three-point contest uh just by a little bit so we're gonna call him our runner up in the west coast area (laughs) because he did go out and represent he did a good job uh but buddy Hield ultimately came away with the win but yeah so that looks like uh all-star weekend segment for the little part now the all-star game that was a whole other thing Mm -hmm. uh new format crazy ending uh, Kawhi named the 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 MVP. He's the only player besides Michael Jordan to have an All Star MVP, a Finals MVP, and a Defensive Player of the Year award. Very interesting. He definitely went out there and showed off. Now Team LeBron lagged behind for most of the game, but they definitely weren't about to lose. What well, what was y'all's favorite parts of that game? Me, as soon as Kawhi Leonard stepped on the court and just laced his shoes up, I really feel like he established himself as, like, one of the most unguardable players in the NBA today. Most, that All-Star game was ridiculous. At one point, he was, like, 8 for 8. Like, I was like, Jesus Christ, is he going to... Like, he was not missing at all. He was in full Kawhi mode all game long. I think my highlight was the fourth quarter. I appreciated all the other quarters and how like well they played for their charities, but that fourth quarter was crazy. I it was the new format that worked. It was the commercial free um, part of it that worked with it. There was just so many things that they changed that made the whole game actually something that you want to watch. <laughs> so I yeah, that fourth quarter was my highlight. <laughs> And the scores up for the end was a great, a great addition to the actual weekend. So just a round of applause to Adam Silver and everybody else within the NBA organization of how they got everything together and how they actually ran All Star Weekend this week. I feel like that was one of the best All Star Weekends we've had in the NBA in like probably some some years. It was it was very fun, very fun. Definitely, I'm glad that y'all really commented on the fact that the format worked. Because I'm sure everybody was on Twitter when the new format was announced, and there were a lot of there was a lot of judgment going. <laughs> I hate it. Man. Wow. They wouldn't really like it. I take but it back. I probably talk shit about it too. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. I think we I was, all did just a little bit because it was a little confusing. Yeah. the way they wrote it out, you know, the way they made it seem, but when you saw it actually happening it was like all right okay they did a good job this is actually pretty great the fact that it had to end on a game winning shot is like come on basketball fans live for a game winning shot mm-hmm. so and that was really amazing quarters to me was each quarter whoever was up or whoever won that quarter whatever like they made the proceeds or the donations would go to that charity of choice for that player. So that was another really cool thing that I liked about the quarters. So the yeah. first three quarters, uh, the charity got some. Yeah, and to add to that, it was also um, they had the charity, like there were children, 
they had them right near where the team was. So they were like not up high in the bleacher, like all the way in the nosebleed seats. They had them like really up close. Yeah. So if you're LeBron and your team is down and you're looking over at the kids from your charity, kind of wants you to push you to be a better and kind of win and make these shots. So I thought that that was kind of also a great um, change and move from the NBA because they usually announce it on TV like this is the charity they're playing for and then that's it. But to have those kids there in that arena and that close, I think was a nice touch as well. Yeah, it was definitely up in front, definitely, you know, in, in light of, of the giving mood that everybody has been into trying to carry on Kobe's legacy, you know, to give back, to, to be that light for somebody, to be a hope for a child. So like you said, Leslie, it was definitely great to see them because even just watching on TV, the way it was framed, all you saw were the kids in the audience for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it put emphasis on the fact that they were playing for them. You know, yes, it's a game to have fun. Yes, it's a game of comp- friendly competition. But at the end of the day, they really wanted to put emphasis on the fact that they were giving back and they were making um, a difference. So that was really great. Overall, definitely, like we all said, All-Star Weekend was probably one of the best in these last few years, especially with all the change and additions and, you know, the, the new youngins in the NBA. But getting back to what's already within, within the NBA, the trade deadline uh, just recently passed a few weeks ago. We didn't get a chance to talk about it in our gap between podcasts, but we got some time today. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, the West Coast was a little bit quiet, but we did manage to pick up some people, uh, starting with the Clippers. They picked up IT and Marcus Morris, but they ended up dropping my man IT, which is kind of frustrating because he, they, they play him as some kind of, you know, trading gimmick, but he's really actually a player with skill. But, you know, that's another thing we could talk about. Uh, and they ended up sending away... Uh, Jerome, their their sophomore player. So, what do you think the Clippers are? are is there going to be a big shift because of this, or you think they're kind of going to keep playing the same? Is Kawhi going to get more loaded management? What, whatever? How do y'all feel? <laughs> I'll let Reginald go first. Take it away. Basically, how I feel, I really. I picked the Clippers to win the NBA championship to come out of the West anyways before the season even started. And with how everything was going, with the trade deadlines and the acquisitions they got, they did let Isaiah Thomas, a point guard, I'm pretty sure who can come on their team and produce off the bench productive minutes, productive, Mm -hmm. like this good efficiency. But they also have Patrick Beverly, and they just picked up Reggie Jackson as well from Detroit. So adding those two guys – I mean, yeah, you pretty said at point guard as far as defensively and offensively because Patty Be- Beverly is going to give you that defense to start off with your starters anyway to set the tone. And Reggie Jackson can come off the bench and drop at least 20 at night. He's definitely that type of guard. And just adding Marquise Morris to take a little stress off. I think Harold, if 
Montrez, yeah, Montrez Harrell definitely takes some stress off Montrez Harrell because he's only 6'11". He's playing centers like, like Anthony Davis. He's going to be playing mm-hmm. guys like Rico there in the playoffs. He's going to have to hold P.J. Tucker, guys of those natures, stretch bigs that can come out, go out the perimeter, shoot the basketball, and also rebound the basketball. So Adam Morris is just going to take some of that. Take some of that stress off, Harold. So I think they're going to do pretty good with the record they have now. If they keep on going on the pace that they're going, they're probably going to finish third, fourth in the West. And it could possibly be a second round matchup between the Lakers and the Clippers. I mean, who would want that? Exactly. You are right. You are correct. I agree with Reginald. Um, If anything, the Clippers just made themselves a better team than they were when they started the season. Uh, Marcus Morris. Yeah, Morris. It's ridiculous. A totally big help for um, Harold since he's taking most of the weight right there at center. And they needed to waive Isaiah because, like Reginald said, they already have point guards. They have Lou Williams. They have um, Patrick Beverly. They really didn't need him, although he's really great of a player. And every time like, I think of like trade moves and signing, I always have to go back and remember that they hired Jerry West and that Jerry West is on their team. And he's like so great at like trading and knowing players and where they're gonna fit so i feel like this move is gonna just pay off for the clippers in the long run because we well we saw that lakers really didn't do much and you know so they stayed two, the same but i had only two every time versus the clippers this year mm-hmm. still yet to see the lakers beat those <sighs> I mean, do they have any other game of <laughs> my sigh of <laughs> discontent? <laughs> I'm sorry, it's the facts. I gotta put the No, facts I out. know that. No. Don't I know it? Ugh. But I mean, I feel like maybe they'll win when it matters. Maybe. <laughs> we'll maybe. Hopefully, that's what, that's what we're maybe. hoping Hopefully, LeBron turns into King James in the playoffs, just goes crazy, and just sweeps the Clippers. But that's not. Like Winning for dark mode <laughs> when he stops going on Twitter and shit. <laughs> but can I, can I, adding to that Isaiah Thomas thing, the mm-hmm. whole situation, he basically got $7 million to show up to the Clippers organization, probably sign some papers and go home. So, yeah. Good for IT, man. He got, he Get got him money. a nice little bag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's what I mean. At the end of the day, yeah, he got his money. But I'm just like, damn, just let IT have a home. God, stop bouncing this man around. Like, like you just didn't leave the Boston Celtics to the Eastern Conference Finals. Take LeBron James for seven games, I think. <laughs> Come on, man. yeah. Like that man has some history, but they will not let him settle down. They like yeah. just keep bouncing him from team to they team. Gotta, like, they gotta put some respect on our team, man. I don't like they do. Run lead. They do. But yeah, but besides that, like you were saying, Leslie, so the Lakers didn't really make any moves. They uh they tried to get vet guard Darian Collinson, but he was basically like, no, retirement is too nice. I'm not coming back. <laughs> um, so the Lakers didn't really pick up anybody, but I think they, they're still cons- consistently working with who they with who they have and 
they are getting better and better each and every game, definitely. And they have to at least win one game against the Clippers this season. Jeez. <laughs> at, at least. At least. And, this, I, I just want to see a dominant quarter. That's awesome. Exactly. At least one. So we, we're waiting on it. Us Lakers fans are waiting on it. But uh, just up the road, the Warriors, they, they acquired Andrew Wiggins, which is definitely big for them. Uh, he came out and scored 24 points against the, Timber, the Timberwolves in his debut against the Lakers. Granted, it was a loss, but at least he was able to produce. Uh, the Warriors no longer have D'Angelo Russell. He is now on the Timberwolves. Uh, that's going to be a crazy duel in itself, but just to add on, Andrew Wiggins is uh, averaging 22 points per game, five rebounds, 3.7 assists, which is I think is a very good stat line to have going on to the Warriors because, my God, the Warriors definitely need some help. Yeah, <laughs> uh, definitely. Without a doubt, I wouldn't be the first to state the yeah. Golden State Warriors are going to be in the NBA Finals next year. Oh. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> they are. It's Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, and Wiseman. Come on. How are they going to lose? <laughs> Steve Kerr, hats, hats off to the Golden State Warriors front office, first of all, for even positioning themselves to get this horrible record. Steph Curry magically just broke his hand. Whatever. I'm not trying to hear it. The Warriors knew what they were doing. Hats off to that organization, man. They got it's gonna be scary next year, man. Scary to play the Warriors. Oh, I hope so. I mean, it would be nice. It would be nice, honestly, because I like granted, I'm I've never been like a huge Warriors fan, and then after they kept winning, I was just like, All right, enough. (laughs) But but it would be nice. It would be nice to see them get back. It would be nice to see them get back to the competitive state that we know that they can be at. Right now, they're like literally in reconstruct mode. There's nothing they can do. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely nothing they can do but watch. Yeah, definitely. Did y'all have any favorite uh, trade deadlines, either West Coast or across uh, the country this this time around? Hmm. Favorite? Yeah. I mean, another good one in my eyes that I've seen that if they can do something with it as an organization instead of just like letting the talent waste how they usually do, because the Cavs organization, their front office isn't like very good at like finding talent or like adding talent to the talent that they already have. Once they get talent, they get they get like real complacent and they don't like just go out and find more people to make their team better overall. But they got Andre, they got Andre Drummond for literally nothing, like some picks and like a player, like from Detroit, who was contending, who the playoff team in the Eastern Conference contended, trying to actually win games, contend to make playoffs, and then they traded away their starting center, which just right. I don't that one blew me away. I don't understand that one from the Pistons, but the Cavs definitely got a nice pickup with that. Yeah, I didn't have a fra- I didn't have a favorite one, but I did have like a what the fuck one. Like what happened um, when the Rockets like got left? They got they basically had no center, and I was like, wait, what's the plan behind this? I don't get it. And so I mean, it worked out because they beat the Lakers right after. But I mean, exactly. That's, I was going outright, outright. I was like the Rockets are the stupidest team in the NBA. I was going crazy on my podcast. I'm I was like, like I, I guess it works. So maybe, Rockets, I'm like, okay. yeah. So maybe Mike D'Antoni knows something we don't, or their front office knows something we don't. 
but at first I was like, wait, how is this even going to work out? And maybe they play the Lakers. But I don't know what happens if they play a team like, I don't know, like the Bucks or with Giannis or, um, or like a 76ers team. I don't know what's going to happen with that. So, <laughs> so, I mean, it sounds nice. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> I, I will say definitely to add to that, the, the most interesting trade I think that, that happened or pickup was the Heat uh, ended up getting Andre oh, Iguodala. Right. And, and, I mean, that's a great grab to have. Now, he hasn't really played the entire season because he's been doing whatever else he's been wanting yeah, to do. They've been on TNT and suits talking about yeah. basketball. Exactly. Like, he's not an active player. So, they I would say if, if the Heat are able to get him uh, to, you know, actually play and <laughs> and be uh, a teammate. I gr- granted, he did get a better deal with the Heat, so hopefully he's more motivated to play. But I think the Heat will definitely be. They're already a top contender in the East, but I think with the addition of Andre Iguodala, like they could be really, really highly competitive. Now, do I think they're gonna go out and like like massacre the Bucks? No, but I think they are on a on a growing ladder, so mm-hmm. to speak, with, with that. Most definitely, the Heat are actually in all seriousness. The Heat are like one of the scariest games in the NBA to me because like sure. they're, they're they're so they're so young, but yet they're so like experienced. They have the players that's actually yeah. been there, been through things, been the playoffs, been the finals, and they also have their young guys who's hitting shots like it's just nothing like their their shots are falling they're very consistent they're one of the most consistent teams in the nba so granted playing in the eastern conference yes it's going to be an easier task getting moving through the playoffs but like when they're running the team like really which has proven that they're beatable because if mm-hmm. beat philly this season so i'm pretty sure they if they can go seven games with philly and beat philly then they can get on his run for his money. Yes, he's like 46 and 7, but I mean, hey, still, you got to It's the playoffs, man. This is it's what you live for. It's what you play for. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, definitely Heat are I put on my list one of the teams to watch heading into the second half of the season. But switching gears to women's basketball, the WNBA also had their trade deadline. And I mean, so much movement across the mm-hmm. uh, dozen, over a dozen teams that they have now. But on the West Coast, because we have three teams on that side, the Sparks, the Mercury, and the Aces, the Sparks and the Mercury cleaned house. <laughs> I'm going to just say that <laughs> right <Rob>. now. They, <laughs> they are going to be the teams to beat, period. Uh, unfortunately, Elena Beard retired. She played 15 seasons mm-hmm. with the Sparks and the Mystics. Amazing player. Back-to-back defensive player of the year. She's a 2016 champ. Third time in all-time steals. Uh, amazing, amazing woman. But besides that loss, they gained Christy Tolliver, who just won a title with the Mystics and was e- an essential player. I mean, she's known as the point god for a reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that originated in L.A., so it's really exciting, I think, to have her back. Uh, how are y'all feeling about that? Yeah, I mean, the Sparks got a good one right there, so I'm excited for that. Um, 
Yeah, but I'm just with you. Like, the Phoenix, Mercury, the LA Sparks, they went out to go grab players and as many as they could from every which angle. And I'm so, honestly, for myself, I'm just so happy to see um, Skylar Diggins with the Mercury because that's just, like, only a six-hour drive away from me, so I already know I'm going to be watching her games. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, definitely probably the most amazing uh, backcourt in the WNBA right now. Diggins, Griner, Mm Resign, Diana Taurasi is back. Uh, They also picked up Jessica, Breland, and Nia Coffey. The Sparks also picked up... A few players from the Dream. They did a lot of trades with the Dream. They lost Kaylani Brown and Alexis Jones to them, but they gained uh, Brittany Skies and Marie Goulard. So I mean, I'm just like, like when it, when it was happening, and I was like watching it happen on Twitter. My mm-hmm. mind was like blown. Like, what is happening right now? Uh, what do you think, Reginald, about these trade deadlines for WNBA? Well, my first reaction when I seen Skyler get traded from the Wings to the the Mercury, right? The Phoenix Mercury. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I was I was very sad because one, I can never go see her again. Oh, that's at right. my convenience yeah. ever. So my mom yeah. was broke. I've been watching her since she was at Notre Dame. So for her to leave, I was hurt. But yeah. uh, she went to she she definitely. She now has a chance to do something she can never do. Mm-hmm. I mean, she couldn't really get anything done. The her career average for points a game is sixteen, I believe. I think she scored like fifteen last season. But now that she's been traded and traded to a great team at that, this just opens up so many doors for Skylar Diggins' game to evolve and just get better as she gets older within her career. Definitely, definitely. I think we have a lot to look for this WNBA season, especially with their their new CBA rules. You know, players are going to pay what they're worth finally. Um, 36 games uh, in a season, so more opportunities to watch. Mm-hmm. So I would say to everybody listening, and of course to ourselves, to support women's sports, they they deserve as much of our attention as any men any men's sports and i think we have a lot to look forward to from from here on out just period so Mm -hmm. but yeah that is all our topics for today i think it was a great podcast anybody else have anything to say before we go uh shout out okc Oklahoma City Thunder, we're gonna take the we're gonna take it in the West this year. Not many people believed in us when the season started. <laughs> I was one of those not many people who didn't believe, but Chris Paul made me a believer. Shay Alexander made me a believer. Shout out to those guys. They're gonna keep leading us to victory. Okay, see for line. <laughs> All right. Clippers All sure know how to pick them, huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, you guys can't beat me up. For right. this one. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll edit that out. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Well, uh, thank y'all for listening for another episode of West Coast Mix and Bounce. And thank you so much, Reginald, for giving your time today, talking to myself and Leslie. Thank Uh, you you again, guys. And uh, we'll catch you on the next episode of WCMB.